You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're excited. Deacon Thomas Rausch is in the house. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good. It's good to be with you. That was the mom attempt at being cool. (laughs) That was good. good. (laughs) I went and visited my daughter at college this last weekend, and uh, we had breakfast with her in the cafeteria. Yeah. That was not cool. Oh. She she let us know that was not okay. <laughs> That's too bad. I love bringing my parents to the I know. cafeteria. She, well, yeah. she's new. She's a freshman, oh, and she's yeah. only been there a month, so she was just like, Grandma and my mother eating. <laughs> you know, whatever. So. so funny. So we're excited to have you on this morning talking about a really interesting topic to me. Um, so first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, I'm Deacon Thomas Rausch. I grew up in Big Stone City, South Dakota, a little town northeast, uh, our northeast part of South Dakota, a uh, town of 600. I went into the seminary right out of high school, so I was 18. I did four years of philosophy, four years of theology there at the University of St. Thomas at St. John Vianney College Seminary and then St. Paul uh, S- Seminary. And then um, I decided to... Uh, forego getting ordained a priest for the time being. I had things I needed to work on, and I mm-hmm. was assigned to St. Lambert Parish, and um, that's been You that's and been Father great. Hagerty have been a duel for quite a while now. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's been really, really good. It's been a lot of fun. Wonderful. So. Yeah, so, Deacon, I heard, or I've experienced, that you are passionate about gaming. <laughs> yeah. Could, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I grew up uh, playing games a lot. Um, video games and board games. Um, I mean, I was in sports and all this stuff as well. Um, but yeah, growing up, what I discovered, or reflecting, I discovered that um, gaming was an easy way for my siblings and I to bond. There's a large spread between the five of us. Uh, so the oldest is 10 years older than me, and then my younger sister is six years younger than me. And so board gaming or video gaming was kind of an equalizer. Sure. Um, especially once we got to the appropriate intellectual development where we could play games together and it was still fun and we could all contribute. Um, and the little one would win or the older one would win, but it was because not because of they had this advantage physically or because sure. of certain like skills they developed in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all things were equal in a game. And I... I uh, so to this day, like we don't play sports anymore together. We used to growing up. Um, we don't really do musical things together, and we used to growing up. But mm. what we do do is uh, we play games. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really like base level entry for all of us. To, doesn't matter where we're coming from. Like we can play this game together. Yeah. And it's fun for all of us. It's so. kind of it's almost like an extension of the family dinner. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because my family, we all sit down and eat dinner. And then we play cards. My family's sure. huge into cards. And it depends on who's playing, mm-hmm. if you want to join in. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Some people sure. are more cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I also want to acknowledge that some games require a certain level of, of skills. And if you don't have those skills, you're, well, you're up a creek. You're just so. fun of. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But I imagine at this point, like, all your siblings <laughs> have those skills. <laughs> well, you know. 
my grandmother was like the worst. She was like, she would only want certain people to be on her team because she wanted to win. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that just comes out. We don't like playing with mom because she just wants her kids to win. And that's just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's just, she's just happy to, to, to see us all get along and all that stuff. So, yeah. so, but otherwise she's. She's just uh, for for everyone else. It's like, That's mom, no, cute. you have to try. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cute. Um, now, I'm just curious about this because I grew up playing a lot of board games and card games with my family, but mm -hmm. video games um, were never really a thing for us. So I'm just kind of curious about, like, how... Um, like, there's a whole stereotype about video sure. games, right? And gamers, like, just hiding in their rooms, playing games. So how is it community building when you yeah. play with your siblings? Yeah, so for me, I mean, we're huge spread. So when I was in high school, I had a brother in D.C. I had a brother in the Twin Cities, and then I had a sister in uh, Yankton at Mount Marty. So they were all at different stages of their life, and we're all across the nation. Um, and then Steph was, uh, my little sister was um, a little too young to be playing uh, video games with us at the time. But we could go online every week and play together. Mm -hmm. And that was a way we weren't just playing the game. We were also chit-chatting about life, what was new. And so it was a way for us every week to be together, um, even though we were hundreds of miles apart from each other. Um, so that was, that was something that I discovered uh, to be a real value in, in online gaming. Um, the, other, the other thing that I would like to acknowledge as well is that there's some kids who have really not healthy or good experiences at school mm. and socially mm. um for whatever reasons they're just not connecting with their peers and so the online world can be it can be a place for them to find a community that's accepting for them um and it can take the place of some of those social interactions mm. there's a danger in that that it can replace real life interactions entirely and that's a maladaptive um it's yeah, maladaptive to their development um, as they go along in life. But but for the time being, we all need community. And so the internet can be a place where we can connect with other people in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's a value there that needs to be acknowledged, mm -hmm. um, but also with a caveat that it can't just be that, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, I'm interested because uh, Teresa said that you have been able to connect video gaming and board gaming into the Catholic faith or bring the Catholic faith into those. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think I brought anything into anything, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm very passionate about beauty, truth, and goodness, the transcendentals. I mean, those are um, so core to my philosophy of life and how I go about things, especially interacting with the world. Um, as, as a cleric, as a church person, like how do I interact with the secular world in a way that's actually appropriate um, and brings value to both, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the transcendentals are kind of my touchstones. What is good? What is true? What is beautiful? Those are things that are of God, and those are things that are necessarily then Catholic, because um, anything of God is, is acceptable to our faith, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, from a very young age, I experienced, um, especially reading fantasy novels, but even 
movies like the Lord of the Rings and other mediums um, and other fr franchises, I encountered these transcendentals in different ways. And it wasn't explicitly Catholic. It wasn't explicitly about the faith. Um, but it was still so true and it was so good and it was uh, very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And so I've always kept that with me. And when you have this sense of what is good and what is true and what is beautiful formed by your faith, it's easier to recognize what's authentically true and good and what's false, mm -hmm. you know, but is, appears to be good or appears to be true or a false beauty. Um, and so, so that's when I enter into like a fantasy game or a book or a movie, I'm looking for what's authentically true and good. Um, and also what speaks to my heart as beautiful. Mm -hmm. And when I can find those things, that's what I want to share with people. Hmm. Um, and when, when I look at life that way, then there's really nothing off the table for me because it's not what goes in that um, corrupts man, it's what comes out of him that, that right. is corrupting, right? Um, so that's, that's my like, well, whole prism of, of how I do that. <laughs> and what, I, what I'm hearing is that you, know, you, you have good formation, you know, you have a good perspective on, and it comes to a, a point that a lot of people could argue and spend a lot of time arguing about. Yeah. But um, it's like if you're approaching certain situations with the right formation, anything's possible, right? Right. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? A little bit, yeah. I mean, there's also appropriateness of state of life, of age, of maturity. Like, there's just some things that someone's yeah. not ready to see, you yeah. know? Um, there's some things that people are not capable of, of maturely, um, receiving in such a way that they can sift through the lies and sift and find the truth. Right. Yeah, right. Um, like that is part of what has to happen when you're engaging with the secular culture. Right. Um, but, but like, we're also called to be engaged with our society. Well, right now what's really popular and I don't even want to say popular, but what is like really speaking to people's hearts right now is games mm -hmm. like the board game culture is really blown up in america in the world really um and and fantasy epic fantasies with like the lord of the rings started it but with harry potter and game of thrones and some star wars um those franchises really speak to a lot of people so it's something we can't really ignore mm -hmm. and yet there's elements in it that aren't safe for us right. um as catholics or that are contrary to our faith we need to still be able to navigate it. And I don't think we have to exclude that to just the experts of theology or mm. the bishops to like sift through that stuff. I think, I think we have a heart that can recognize the truth as well. Yeah. So we need to recognize that that is what we have mm. to be doing. Yeah. So instead of ignoring it and pretending it's not there. Right. Well, I uh, gave a talk at a theology on tap, um, a couple years ago. Um, about that, about instead of being a passive receiver of media or entertainment, I'm actively engaged in what I'm doing. Um, and so too often we're just letting Netflix go to the next episode, right? But instead, are we actively engaged with what did I just watch? What was it actually communicating about the human person and what it means to be human and what are our purposes in life? Am I actually engaged in, in media in that way? Because if I'm not, then I'm just letting it form me in its image. Wow. Well, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Deacon Thomas Roush. He is with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and we're talking about uh, evangelizing through gaming, 
but I'm, and it's kind of taking a little bit of a turn towards how we can be in the secular world and still be Catholic. And I kind of want to keep going down that vein, if that's okay. Sure. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back more with Deacon Thomas Roush, I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're going to be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We're talking with Deacon Thomas Rausch. Um, We're talking about evangelizing through gaming um, and just i don't know so many things deacon <laughs> so many questions we we started talking about um just bringing the life and the beauty of the church into everything you do and therefore you can see the truth and beauty and goodness out of everything yeah how did you get formed that way um you talked about at the very young question. at a very young age that you could see the truth and beauty and goodness and everything yeah, well, I read The Lord of the Rings when I was five years, uh, not five years old. Ooh, wow. I was like, no, wow, I'm not that dude. Smart. Uh, fifth grade is when I, when I read Lord of the Rings for the first time. And uh, for some reason, that experience was uh, incredible. And I was also, the rule, the rule was because the movies were PG-13. If I read the books first, I could watch the movies. Nice. Um, and watching the movies were just like, 
it opened up this whole new like desire in my heart right and so reading the books and watching the movies it just loved it the epicness of of everything the heroics of the heroes were um it was so good and it just it placed in this my desire for more um which is what the transcendentals do mm-hmm. so as a kid i wouldn't have been able to articulate that oh yeah i had an encounter with beauty i had an encounter with goodness and sure. truth right sure. but looking back it, it's very clear to me that because i was exposed at a young age to just um to goodness to the truth to beauty that it elicited in my heart a desire for more and that's what mm. i pursued mm-hmm. um and i pursued that in a lot of different mediums and the video games that i played or the movies that i would watch and and the books that i would read i mean that's what i was that was kind of the standard was was is this feeding that part of my heart or not um if it didn't it was a disappointing story it might have been fun but it was disappointing sure you know and uh and yeah so that's that's kind of how i was formed from a young age at it and then in seminary um i mean we lived in a in a house of men that were being formed in philosophy and one of the things that we talk about in philosophy are um transcendentals we do talk talk about what is good what what is goodness what is truth what is beauty um and so we live in this household or this dorm that every man is pursuing the good the true and the beautiful and we're we're always like questioning each other of like why are you doing this or that or the other thing like Mm. can it just be this mere entertainment in life or is there something deeper that's going on and Hmm. and so that was something that from a very early period in my formation was immediate was we would watch a movie and we'd be drawing out some christian truths in it even though it was made by an atheist um if we played a game or read a book together i mean that was also what we were doing it was like this mechanic of this game is sort of like a sacrament hmm. where we do this thing and then it has a supernatural effect in in the in the game i mean that's a that's a sacrament you know mm-hmm. um and so we were making these like connections and jokes uh, about about different things and it was really exciting and a lot of fun um and then in theology school i I added a master's in theology, um, and I had to write a thesis, and I wrote uh, my thesis on the reality of fantasy. Hmm. My argument was is that if a fantasy of any kind is going to be good, um, or something that is worthy of, of society to lift up and say, this is, this is great, you should all read it, or you should all watch it, mm-hmm. it will have principles of reality. It will have foundational truths about the world and who we are as humans. Um, and our purpose in life that will be foundational to the, the the literature itself. So it could be in a completely different world with completely different races other than humans and mm-hmm. a magic system, all this stuff. But it's saying something true about our human experience. Hmm. And if it didn't do that, it wouldn't be relatable. And so how could right. I call it good? You know, like, I don't know what these <laughs> aliens are doing. They have, like, completely different values and, yeah, you know, all that stuff. So that was, like... Yeah, so my formation has been really heavily engrossed in this, this, um, this genre, but even this kind of idea of how to look at the world, how to look at anything. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because I think what's kind of exciting, because I also I, I enjoy sci-fi, um, mm. Star Wars, and all of, all of it, um, 
And I think what's kind of exciting is that we tend to put God in a box. Mm, yeah. And in my mind, I'm always like, but you never know. <laughs> it's a big universe out there. That's right. <laughs> God, don't put God in a box. He could ha- there could be Star Wars out there. But, you know. Yeah. So talk yeah, about yeah. imagination and, and the benefit and the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So on a like base human level. He- our imagination is designed to help us prepare for future events, mm. right? So when we are f- using fantasy or fantasizing, let's say that has connotations, but if we're just using it to fantasize about a future like encounter with someone, it's really to help prepare us to like, what am I going to say to this person, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Or if the worst were to happen, how would I react? Right? And so it's almost like this training ground for the, for the brain of like, when these things happen, I'm going sure. to do this stuff, right? Um, so that's for a future event, but what also is really nice or a cool thing about the imagination is that it, it takes on a, um, an analogous way of how God created, right? So God had a plan of how he created the entire cosmos, right? And he executed that plan according to his idea of it, um, in an analogous way, right? Because God doesn't do this process it all just happens right for him um but for the creator he has to first imagine what he's going to do and then he puts it on paper or he creates it in the artwork or he speaks it yes (laughs) yeah yeah. um and for what's what i love about fantasy and this is getting off topic in a sense because it's more my thesis than it is what we're talking about today but for the creator for the person who is like has the idea and then makes it he is being like god and how that god created from this idea and this plan that god had Mm. the creator is imitating god when he makes something um and so that's the beauty of imagination and creativity is that when we make something new the process of making something new is similar in how god made something wow um the difference is is that god's is perfect and it conforms to his will perfectly Ours is imperfect, and we get super disappointed with the end result because it just isn't quite what I thought it would be and what I wanted it to be and yeah. all that stuff. But Beautiful. Yeah. In his image. Yeah, yeah. right. right. That's exactly. so cool. Um, and sort of like how creation can tell us something about the creator, right, about mm-hmm. God. Um, same, with, same with the human artist, right? So that's a beautiful, another beautiful thing about creativity and imagination is that when you make something outside of yourself, you put something of yourself in it, mm-hmm. right? It's a reflection and an image of who you are. And that could be dark parts of you and that could be really good and light parts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and both are beautiful. Like light casts shadows, mm. you know? And, and we're very multifaceted people. And so if we just had the light mm. without the shadows, the light wouldn't be as bright because we wouldn't have anything to compare it to. Sure. Um, but the light is brighter than shadows. So, wow. so we have to keep that balance. I love right. it. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Deacon Thomas Roush from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. We're talking about um, evangelization through gaming, but also just all the fun and imagination that goes into gaming and playing games. So let's switch gears a little bit and um, talk about how you're creating community um, with gaming at St. Lambert's. Yeah, so... I'm assigned to St. Lambert Parish here in Sioux Falls, and we've had a couple of opportunities to do like a board game night, 
It's really simple. Just re- it's not a simple board game. Well, <laughs> you said that. I know. So, I mean, I've only heard about it. I, I, <laughs> oh, those games. Those games. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So we've done the simple games. We've okay. done like the Uno, normal, you know. And we've done some other like normal okay. things. Uno is right? simple. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just fun. Like it's a good community like mm-hmm. thing to do. Just people can come. It's it's natural and normal, and it's it's a good time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've, I've had permission from my pastor to be able to do a tabletop role-playing game. Um, and so this is the classic, like, shared narrative. You have a narrator, a, a game master, GM, who kind of builds the world, builds the story, has the plot. And your players have their characters, and it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. I love that. And um, <laughs> it's... It's really neat to see the kids' like imaginations and their creativity come out in, in the gameplay, but then outside of the gaming as well. They'll go and like draw their character, or they'll, something will happen in the game, and they'll, they'll try to recreate that in the art the work that they're doing. And um, We have some really incredibly talented kids who have had, used this as an opportunity to be even more creative than just the gaming experience. The way I make it specifically like Christian and not just another game that we're playing mm-hmm. is that because they have a character and characters aren't static, otherwise they're boring, mm-hmm. um, that they're creating a saint, essentially. Hmm. That this character that they're playing on this in this grand adventure is on their first steps towards sainthood. And so what was their past? Where were they before? Where, how did they get to where they are now? And then as we play the game... That's their journey towards sanctity. Cool. And so it's it's really cool to see see them navigate just how to to think of things that way. But their instinct in the game is to like, well, I want to fight the bad guys. It's like, okay, you can do that. Like saints can fight bad guys. Yeah. Like that's okay. But is there a different way? Like there might be a different way to solve this problem. Yeah. Or this, is this the this only conflict. solution. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's kind of challenging them to rethink how, how to approach problems. Yeah. Um, and, and like to really think about as they're taking on this role, right. I mean, I mentioned earlier that the imagination's role is to like help you anticipate future events. Well, as they take on this character and they have to think about, okay, well, what would this character do mm. to become a saint? They're using their imagination of like what would I do in this situation so that it's most like a saint. And so I, I hope in a sneaky way I can like <laughs> be almost like training these high schoolers to be future saints because they've been going through the process in their head of like dissecting or discerning yeah. what what this problem actually like um, invites them to respond um, in, a, in a way that's actually Christian, a way that a saint would, or a way wow. of love. So You're going to have a lot of people that are going to want to know how you do this. So St. <laughs> Lambert's, Deacon Roush. St. <laughs> Lambert's plug again. <laughs> yeah. that's, right. that's right. Well, thanks for joining us. We, we're up against a hard break here. So uh, oh, thank you, for Deacon, for joining us. It was a quick half hour. We'll have to have you back. Oh, it was a pleasure. Love talking about it. I'll come back anytime you All want. Right. So. Stay right with us, folks. Uh, Father Stephen Jones on the other side. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 